All right, we're live. <laughs> Welcome to the Crypto Mining Tools podcast, everybody. Um, today we're here with our co-host, Ethan Zerka. Hey, everybody. And our guest today, Jimmy Thomas. Thomas? Yes. Hey, guys. Thomas. Yep. All yeah. right. Welcome. So, uh, Jimmy, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit today about GPU uh, and uh, what you could do with those uh, other than cryptocurrency mining, right? And um, today, uh, Jimmy, where, where are you coming uh, from today? Uh, so I'm from Chicago, uh, in the Chicago suburbs right now. Um, but my business is based in, uh, I own a GPU, strict GPU mining operation. I'll call us about medium size. I'm hosting about 3,000 GPUs and we're in central wow. Washington. Um, okay. And, um, you know, because of COVID-19, I kind of got stranded here for the month. Um, so I've just been kind of riding it out. Uh, back yeah. in my hometown. Wow. So you said what Washington? You have a, a facility? Yes, uh, Central Washington, um, in, around uh, the Wenatchee, which is like right smack dab in the middle of the state, right on the Columbia River. Yeah. Um, and there's County. a lot of yes, there's a lot of mining farms uh, in Douglas County, uh, Grant and Chelan, and uh, I've been in there for almost three years now. So, oh wow. Cool. So I, I'm imagining you have really good power rates. We do. Um, part of uh, last Christmas, um, I think Douglas was the last county to raise their rates. So we're, but they're doing it over a slow period of time, um, mm -hmm. where the Grant and Chelan just kind of said, "Hey, on this date, your power rates are going to be six, seven cents." Douglas is allowing uh, a ramp up over a four or five year period, which okay. gives us a lot of time to react. And uh, part of what we're trying to do as a company is I think one of the biggest risks you can take as a, uh, any crypto mining operation is mm -hmm. having that third party risk of who is your power provider. Um, well, in this case, it's the public utility. And I think sure. the, the, and while they promised, you know, to everybody that they would not raise the rates, you start to see crypto mine, miners start to suck up larger and larger percentages oh, yeah. of, of their allocation. Um, so then they kind of flip the script on you. So I think now uh, the business, or my business, uh, we're trying to find another location in which actually, oh, I think I lost you guys for a second there. Um, no worries. We're trying to. We're trying to find another location where we're actually providing the power. Um, so that's uh, where I, what I've been doing over the last couple of months is finding uh, another location in which we can generate power. Um, and I think that kind of eliminates some of that risk that is uh, inherent in having a single power provider that we're experiencing in Washington right now. So we have some time to react to that, but that's what I've been working on over the past couple of months. Wow. So uh, can you give our, our viewers an idea? Like, where do you even start to, to look for power? Is do you go? Well, I mean, we, we've seen, you know, lots of different people explain lots of different things. First of all, can you tell us, um, you know, what kind of power are you you looking for? Are you looking to like maybe harvest, um, you know, gas, you know, flare gas, things like that? Or are you looking for hydro or, yeah. Uh, so we currently have hydro. That's what's uh, big out in Wenatchee. Um, we've explored or we're exploring the, uh, idea of wind and solar combination of the two. Um, okay. and we're, we had explored in the past and that hasn't been part of the conversation recently, which is, um, and I don't remember the name for it exactly, but essentially burning trash 
and then you can repurpose that oh, okay. into power. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, there was a company that we had talked to that does that in LA. Um, the only issue with a lot of these power sources, which is why hydro is king in the renewable uh, energy field, is that it's not necessarily stable or reliable uh, in terms mm-hmm. of how much how the power is delivered. Which mining sure. needs that stability. Is, is um, that so, a bio waste? Is that what you're? Yes, bio waste. Yeah, yeah bio exactly waste. Yeah, yeah, bio waste energy recovery. I love yeah. it. So yeah, so when we started looking for a second location, we wanted to just diversify our risk from third-party providers, and the conversation has evolved into well, how can we um, eliminate that risk entirely and produce the power ourselves? So I mean, maybe we we won't land on that as the as the end of solution, but that's mm-hmm. kind of where the conversation is currently, and that's going to give us the best long-term uh, solution for um, you know the a, the a business of this sort. So. Uh- you said hosting. Uh, are, are you hosting or are you like self-mining? It's a combination of both. Um, we have, I want to say, uh, between 50 and 60 clients. Um, we have, I would say, about a third of the space is the company-owned equipment. And the equipment that we have is, uh, you know, five se- AMD 570s, NVIDIA 1070s, 1080s, 1080 Ti's, uh, kind of all over the map. Uh, we originally had started, you know, during the big boom in 2017 where uh, we were selling rigs um, and uh, we were able to have all the rigs kind of be made of the same components. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the market kind of took a left turn and has kind of been in this valley over the past couple of years, we ended up hosting other people's equipment. So now we've got a whole range of all kinds of stuff, uh, which is kind of a headache for me, the operator. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I can imagine like from a a GPU management perspective, from what I've heard, you know, I'm not, into GPU as much. Um, I've sold some, but I have never run them myself. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because that I, I'm sure as a hosting company, you probably have to maybe charge a little bit extra for managing that as opposed to ma- managing ASICs. Yeah, so I, I've never host ASICs. Um, and from what I've, oh, sorry, from what I've gathered, um, they're a little bit easier to run. Um, and then also a part of our contracts was uh, a nice hash esque kind of uh, profit switching, where let's say uh, Z Coin or Raven Coin became the most profitable coin. We wanted to capture those gains uh, with our sure. clients, um, but we actually were moving from pool to pool, so it wasn't necessarily nice hash. That was part of the rotation, but we would allow other pools to be a part of that conversation. And this is Crypto Mining Tools podcast, and the, uh, the software that we use is actually Awesome Miner. Okay, um, if you guys are familiar with that, um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing mining since 2013. Um, and I've done uh, a lot of different of uh, Linux distributions, um, but when I wanted to break it out large scale, I think the only option that allowed for that kind of profit switching on the fly was a Windows-based system. That could have mm-hmm. changed now. I honestly haven't done the research over the last couple of years because it would be such a pain in the neck to repurpose all the software uh, at yeah. the farm. Um, but that's that's what we've been using uh, for the past, uh, you know, since we started and uh, opened our doors in December of 2017. So um, that's what we've been using for the past uh, couple of years. Awesome, Miner. Yeah, awesome yeah, miner. Awesome miner. Okay, so so did you ever try anything else other than awesome miner, or did you just kind of land on it and decide, hey, this is exactly what we need? For uh, this company, which the company I run now is called Bit Capital Group or BitCap, uh, we've always been awesome miner. Uh, I've been mining since uh, 2013, and I started off. Oh, well, sorry, started off without a management software, uh, just running F miner as a bat file back you know, when Ethereum started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to uh, Ethos, uh, which back then it was Ethos, and I think he's rebranded. 
Um, mm-hmm. And actually, uh, that's run by uh, Alex uh, Alex Levin, and I've actually met with him because uh, he was in the area. So I, mm-hmm. I had everything uh, on Linux back then, and I, I I agree, Linux is a better system. I think sure. in general to large run a large scale operation, but the features that which I was uh, trying to position the company to try to attract clientele, the, the Linux just wasn't built out for that uh, as a plug and play kind of system, which also sure. might offered at the time. And that's, that's why we went that direction. So I've played with a lot of them, uh, ethos, uh, pimp, uh, uh hive briefly. That's more mm-hmm. recent. Um, but, uh, I've already awesome. Minor also has a, a an upfront fee, not one of these monthly fees that hive OS sure. offers. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, financially entrenched in our position there anyway. So I've been sticking with that and it's, it's been great so far. I've, I've learned a lot of command line and, and terminal uh, interacting with windows. So <laughs> right. <laughs> fine. it's been, it's been a journey. So, so you said the, the reason why you chose awesome minor, one of them was because it was windows based. No, the reason, uh, well, I think it's a combination of two. I mean, so I think it was difficult for, I know that at least on ethos, they tried to develop a, uh, system where they could do profit switching because ethos has started off with just ethereum uh, mining um, and then added multiple other miners over the course of time but when they tried to add at least this is my experience talking with some of the devs that over the over the 2014 15 and 16 uh, whenever they switched miners linux would break or something would break with the voltages and something like that so mm-hmm. like that's kind of where when i was uh, starting to make decisions about which uh, OS I wanted to use and sure. Windows would, would work. Windows could handle that a little bit more easily and Awesome Miner, mm-hmm. actually you can have it on both um, but I have um, uh, most of my equipment is on Windows. Okay. Sakib has a question here. He would like to um, know what kind of, what are the coins that you're mining? So uh, over the past half year, six months or so, um, the it's been pretty much strictly Ethereum uh, or Ethereum Classic uh, mm-hmm. There's there's basically a port in which uh, that port will decide which of that which coins in that algorithm are the best to mine, um, and then uh, my clients can choose to either get paid in Ethereum or Bitcoin or you know some of the big ones. We don't really sure. support some of the smaller ones because that would be a headache if one client wants you know Dogecoin. Right, like, <laughs> that's kind of a headache. Um, but uh, uh, before that, it really ranged. And I try not to, I try to avoid like the noise. Let's say like one coin is more profitable for 10 minutes. It's really not worth switching the software to that coin for 10 minutes because you have all kinds of liquidity issues and things like that. It's really only a rolling average over, we do a 24 hour period uh, sure. where if a coin starts to eke ahead of, of Ethereum, um, then it, over that average time period, then we'll switch to it and it will stay on it for, you know, a couple hours before it will consider moving back. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I automate a lot of that. So I don't actually know exactly what it's mining. Sure. Um, But it's been in the past, Ravencoin had a a big, um, uh, you know, a couple months where it was mining it on on the end. And we also have to benchmark each card. So uh, Mm -hmm. NVIDIA, you know, Ravencoin is going to be, was big. I think it's going to be big again because they're actually moving forward with ProgPow, which Ethereum uh, just recently rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the zero coin, I think is one too, that's an Equihash variant, 192, 7, uh, which does not have an ASIC for it yet. Uh, that's been um, uh, on the, the rotation. And then I believe Grin on the 1080 Ti's, since Grin has a dual algorithm with mm-hmm. uh, a cooker room, 29 and Kuka 231. If you have an over 11, over I think a 10 or 11 gigabyte card, which the 1080 Ti's are, 
uh, you're kind of in that select class where you can get a little bit more profits out of that GPU mining grin. So those are the ones that uh, come to mind being in the rotation over the past uh, year or so. Mm-hmm. Now, you you mentioned, uh, what is it, Prog Pal? Mm-hmm. Can you uh, explain to our viewers what, what does that stand for? What does that yeah. mean? And, and how does that fit into the, the whole scale of everything? Sure. So ProgPile stands for Programmatic Proof of Work. And it was a proposed upgrade. It's, it's actually a tweak to, to FHash, which is Ethereum's algorithm. Um, and what it does is it basically bricks the, the Antminer E3s and any other um, Ethereum ASIC that is out there. Okay. And uh, it gained a lot, of, gained some traction within. Sorry, I lost you guys oh, for a second. It okay, gained traction yeah. within the developer calls, uh, and was accepted uh, multiple times uh, on the on the Ethereum uh, developers calls. And you guys can go on the their YouTube channel and you can track mm-hmm. all of these conversations and, and how this got to be where it was. And then once it was accepted, there was suddenly a big pushback from the community uh, mm-hmm. to not allow it. Uh, there's all kinds of speculation. Are these people who invested in, in the ASICs? Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's a whole uh, discussion um, that was had on a website called Kialo, um, where you can look okay. up and everyone put in the pros and cons. And it was a big community debate about what to do. And then uh, just, I want to say within last month, Ethereum ended up rejecting it as an upgrade. And uh, the Ethereum ASICs are allowed to continue um, on that, on that okay. algorithm. So... so it- it was kind of a war between ASICs and GPUs. You know, who who would have the rights to mine um, coins with or without it? Correct. So, I mean, GPUs are still in the game, obviously, with Ethereum, um, mm-hmm. and because uh, the Ethereum's, I think, of all of the coins thus far, uh, maybe with the exception of the latest uh, Monero fork uh, mm-hmm. of, um, my gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, they just forked to. Uh, a new algorithm that is a CPU-based um, algorithm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the exception of Monero's new algorithm, Ethereum has done the best in um, resisting ASICs. The ASICs only gain, um, I want to say, 20 to 30 to maybe 40% efficiency mm-hmm. um, over a hash per, per wattage used ratio. Um, and the white paper and the yellow paper on Ethereum basically had this baked in that they wanted, they didn't want ASICs on the network. Um, so this was supposed to be an evolution of, of that thought process, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are, I mean, you guys are probably more pro ASICs than I am. So there's, there's definitely reasons to have ASICs on your network. It, it creates, oh, absolutely. It, it yeah. creates a community of miners that are, are tied to the fate of your coin. Um, and there, you know, there's with a GPU, if, if something else comes along, that's more profitable than Ethereum, then, you know, Ethereum's just, yeah, everybody just ashes, you know, yeah. flips the switch and, and goes to that. Yeah. So there's, I don't think there's a real settled debate as to which one is technically better. Um, but that that's where ProgPile landed with Ethereum. And then uh, so Ravencoin should be forking off its ASICs. And then they're implementing a version of ProgPile um, over the next in the next couple of months, I believe. Um, Jimmy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you uh, personally feel about ProgPile? Are you, you know, pro, con? Well, yeah, I'm I'm pro ProgPal, but obviously I'm biased having a mining operation that is strictly mm-hmm. GPUs. Um, but just from a um, uh, like a technical perspective, I think that the mining is the backbone of, of cryptocurrencies, and I think that having the widest base of miners 
giving the what and it gives the widest distribution of that coin and mm -hmm. it creates the most enthusiasts of those coins when you do it on general purpose hardware. Many, many people have processing power in the form of general computing process or general computing hardware, whether it be mm -hmm. a GPU or a CPU. And I think that that creates a kind of uh, money for the people kind of ethos within a, a, a cryptocurrency, sure. whereas ASICs are going to be dominated by those that made the investment on multiple thousand machines to do just that. And it's a strictly yeah. a decision. Um, so that that's kind of how I feel about the whole debate in general. So what, help us understand the argument, you know, on, on either side. Uh, why would somebody like like maybe uh, Alexander Levin, you know, why, why would he be uh, so against ProgPow? Well, uh, I, did you bring him up specifically because uh, he actually yeah. does have a pretty hard stance against yeah. ProgPow? So okay. someone like him, for example, I, I don't know his exact reason, but like someone like him, why, why would they be against um, well, I mean, I can speculate as to what his positions may be. Uh, I know that he has essentially stopped development of ethos or, or pushed it on or, or put it on to somebody else, uh, another developer, and he's developing a software called ASIC Seer, which is an ASIC piece of software that's supposed to help boost profitability with that. Um, so sure. I can only imagine uh, having uh, another algorithm that has ASICs on it is probably good for his business, much like how having GPUs uh, more more GPU dominant algorithm is probably better for my business. So there's definitely some biases at play. Um, beyond that, uh, I think that, like I said, there are pros to be had for ASICs on your network. It creates that longevity, uh, that more of the security long-term. Um, but I mean, I can only speculate as to why he feels the way about it. I, I guess the thing that I can appreciate about ProgPal is it can keep hardware relevant longer. With ASICs, I've seen um, as soon as the next generation comes out, you know, maybe the older generations have six months to live. And when there's there's no end game for them after, you know, they've been retired. I mean, basically, they just become waste metal and, and waste mm -hmm. electronics. They can't really be recycled or rehashed into another purpose or anything like that. But with ProgPal, and utilizing, you know, GPUs, there's lots of options after they no longer, you know, become viable for mining. You can, you can still play video games with them. You know, right. you can, uh, you can still do graphic editing with them and, and video rendering and, and things like that. So uh, I guess for me personally, the reason why I'd like to see GPUs stay relevant is exactly for that reason, because they're far less wasteful than A6R. And Let's I'm, just take a little break and uh, yeah. talk about our sponsor. Speaking of ASICs, I'm going to give a big shout out to our, our sponsor, Brains OS, for this episode. Um, Brains OS, in case you guys don't know, um, just like our, our cell phones here, can be unlocked and uh, give us a lot more um, functionality and, and things we can do. So can your miners. Your miners can also be unlocked. And Brains OS has two versions of their OS. They have their free open source version which will allow you to unlock your miner and increase the hash rate, get better efficiency. And then they have the Enterprise Edition, which has even more fine grain um, control over everything that your miner can do. Do yourself a favor. If you're mining in the ASICs industry, look into getting Brains OS onto your system. It can improve your hash rate by up to 30%. Um, and it can also reduce your your electrical, you know, your electrical draw, your, your use of electricity. Yeah. And... Scott's going to tell you guys 
how to uh, to get Brains OS. And also wanted to let you guys know that if you have the Enterprise Edition, you can get 50% off of Slush Pool's fees, which is awesome too, because Brains OS and Slush um, are, are kind of one in the same entity. Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, give that a shot. Uh, you can actually visit their website at brains-os. That's brains with two eyes. B r a i i n s-os.com, and definitely give that a try. Uh, like Ethan was saying, you can either increase your hash rate or increase your uh, mining efficiency or both. Yeah. Um, so give that a shot. Now I, I know uh, there are some people that don't like it, maybe solely for the reason because it is hard to un uninstall. Uh, but maybe that's something that they're going to address in the, the very near future. Um, but yeah, definitely give uh, Brains OS a try for your uh, your old S9s. And then what's coming up in the very near future, hopefully in quarter two here, is support for the S717 and the, uh, yes. the T17. Yeah. I've heard well, nothing but good things about them. Um, been following their project for, for a little bit. And uh, a lot of the people that I respect on Twitter have, have given them a big thumbs up in the crypto sphere. So. So we, Jimmy, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, the project that you were thinking about working on. Um, I don't know the status of it yet, but uh, you're telling us offline about uh, folding at home. Yeah. So um, part of what Ethan was mentioning earlier when it comes to the, the ASICs versus the GPUs uh, is that the GPUs can be repurposable for more than just mining. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems to be pretty uh, relevant to now be able to connect or you have been able to in the past, but it's gained a lot of popularity because of the, the pandemic uh, is that you can actually connect your GPUs and anyone can do this at home. Uh, connect your GPUs, and I was hoping to uh, donate a part of my farm uh, towards fighting uh, COVID-19. Uh, basically, what folding at home is, is it simulates uh, proteins on the virus and tries mm -hmm. to find a site for a molecule to be developed to inject into the virus so it can't bind to the uh, cells that it attacks in your lungs or, or in your body. Um, and uh, you can actually go on their Twitter uh, folding at home and you can see some of the work that the GPUs or farms and, and anyone with the GPU and the simulations that have been rendered that are helping scientists find uh, a vaccine to, 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 uh, to, to stop this pandemic. So, and mm -hmm. it's not just COVID-19. That's just the one that's gotten so much attention lately. I think sure. folding yeah. at home has gotten more processing power than the world's leading supercomputer just on that project. So That's wild. Uh, we wanted to do our part. I know there's been some other uh, like uh, Bitsby Trippin uh, has also mm -hmm. devoted yeah. some of his harm towards doing doing that. And, you know, we 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 uh, hopefully are uh, we have the ability to add to that project. So um, I've been exploring that option. We've already got a couple of rigs on it, but uh, not really necessarily a meaningful amount. And then I'm hoping to, to expand that over time, see what we can do. So, so how, how does that work then from a, a compensation standpoint? Like if, if you're used to making money from mining, you know, and then you're certain to d divert that hash power or the processing power over to something different, what, what is that? Well, that's part of kind of what I'm looking to do is finding a, a partner, whether it's locally in central Washington um, or some to do some kind of, uh, uh, you know, partnership to see if we're if we can because we don't get paid. There's no there's no business model really for this yet at all. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a donate. This is a donation. Um, you know, at a certain point, I think just where we are with this pandemic, you know, people's lives are worth 
looking into what you can do with whatever sure. industry you're in. Um, so yeah, there's definitely no compensation involved in this whatsoever. It's not like I fold a protein and I get a patent or something like that. Like this is all open source for the public and mm -hmm. uh, we would be burning electricity for, for humanity, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Would you would you be able to do it as a write off as a, as a donation later in the tax year? Could you you know maybe pay less in taxes and and claim this as a you know a donation and that's and a good do it question. Um, we would have to. Um, that's a good question. You know, I I'm I'll, I'm definitely put that in my notes and see if that's something that we can we can chase. Thanks for that suggestion. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about. Uh, having a GPU facility that's maybe not necessarily uh, the sole purpose is for mining cryptocurrency. I think you were telling us earlier that, uh, you know, your, your desire really, uh, and other than the folding at home, um, you maybe wanted to use your GPU for other things like, um, like that video rendering, like Ethan was mm -hmm. mentioning. Um, what, how does that business model work? Um, you know, who uses those kinds of, of services and, and what, what are your, what are your uh, plans for that? Yeah, so basically what I wanted to create was um, like a hierarchy, essentially a lot like how we have now with the profit switching, what coin is most profitable, let's switch to that. And we wanted to mm -hmm. add other use cases, like you can do like twitch.tv is a famous or a, the biggest streaming platform, live streaming platform out there right now. And they that uses a lot of processing power to do that live video transcoding. Sure. So you've had a computer come up called DLive.tv that's centralized where they basically leverage mining or GPUs like, like fog computing, which I think blockchain is allowing for because it, it, it lowers the barrier for you to have uh, for you to participate in business needs that someone else might have, even if it's just one GPU or a whole farm. Mm -hmm. So we can do live video transcoding. We can do some of this folding at home. Um, the issue is balancing that uh, work or, or machine learning, artificial intelligence, NVIDIA has, yeah. um, has been pushing that. Um, and we, we basically, there's always going to be that work for mining. Mining is just, that's always going to be there. And the challenge is seeing, oh, we have this work come in because someone wants to live stream. How much of the farm do we need to help that person? And we want to make sure that everything everything's being used 100% of the time. So mm -hmm. we're developing these kinds of tiers of profitability. Machine learning, you earn more per, per hour, but the work's not as steady. So you have to build a system in huh. which um, yeah. you're able to take in that not as steady work but also have that that bottom bottom layer of mining act as the foundation of, of the revenue for the business. So are are there really platforms out there that that can help you to automate switching between you know I, I know that it exists for pools you know and cryptocurrency mm -hmm. mining mm -hmm. but is there something that will help you to automate that already for this other that's type kind of, of what we're you know that's kind of what we're hoping to develop. Um, um, over the next uh, couple of years, uh, we're trying to open this second location, uh, scale up, and then start developing software that would allow anyone with a GPU or a small farm because I, to, to be able to tackle all these different mm -hmm. problems in, in a way that makes business sense. And um, and that's 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 really been the challenge over the last um, a year or so. And I think the vi my vision of the 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 internet is to have these kinds of mom and pop data centers kind of replace some of these behemoth. And I live in Central Washington, where you have Yahoo servers and Google servers, mm -hmm. and they just they're massive. And mm -hmm. I think it makes more sense just from an internet stability perspective. I lost okay, you yeah. there. Just from an yeah, internet, yeah, just from a, 
Sorry, just from a decentralized perspective, uh, sure. which which makes the internet more robust, that you have smaller clusters of processing power all over the world versus some sure. of the big plants that uh, may exist in, in certain Well, areas. I mean, not only that, but, you know, there's a, a security element to that, too. You know, if you go into the big data center and you compromise that data center, everything, you know, <laughs> but if, if you compromise just a, a, a cluster, you know, it's pretty easy to, con you know, contain it in that cluster. Sure. I think I think it would help with uh, privacy online. I think blockchain is going to help a lot with privacy in, in, the, in the distant future. And I think having independent clusters processing, you know, agnostic data or, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily tied to a specific person through some of these blockchain projects that allow people to get paid in real time for their work, mining being the best example. Um, sure. I, I think that's just, that's, that's where we're headed. And that's, that's kind of the vision that I, I see the internet having in the future, because I think the internet's also going to have a lot more compute heavy work involved mm -hmm. as, as we continue to find more uses for it. Yeah. Now, now Jimmy, you mentioned uh, privacy and I wanted to touch a little bit more on that um, because I, I feel that, that we're all aware of privacy and the value of privacy and why we need it. But I feel um, especially with the younger generations of people that I talked to, they just could care less, absolutely care less. Um, what do you think we can do to make them more aware of the values of privacy and, and you know, <sighs> let, help them learn that it's it's important? Oh, man, uh, great question. Um, I, I mean, privacy is, I think, one of the, cornerstones of, uh, of, I mean, I think everyone has a right to privacy. Um, it's just the ability to uh, track down uh, your interests where you are location wise. I don't know if you guys have seen the maps of uh, the kids that were in Florida for spring break, and then they tracked mm -hmm. all their cell phones going back home about potential COVID-19 scares. Mm -hmm. um, um, that is, I mean, pretty scary uh, to, to follow. Um, yeah. in turn, I mean, I, I haven't thought about, I mean, for me, privacy has kind of been a foregone conclusion that it's something that we need to, uh, I think, reinstate into the internet. Um, but uh, in terms of thinking of a, a good way to describe it to young people who have no, have never had a concept of privacy, yeah, it, yeah. it's a really tall uh, question. So I might have to put a rain check on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so just as we're wrapping up here, uh, is there anything else that you have for uh, our mining audience? Um, any well, advice I, or, or any? Hmm. Well, any, I, I want to say thank you guys for having me on. I've been, uh, you know, I've been uh, following your Telegram channel and I saw you posted on Twitter that you were thinking about doing this. And like right mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, I would love to be on that, that podcast. So I just thank you awesome. guys for, for having me for sure. Um, in terms of advice, uh, I think Saqib said it uh, a while ago that the safest thing and the first thing that you should do if you want to get into crypto is to just buy some Bitcoin. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and seriously, forget about it. Um, and yeah. then if you if you want to get involved, if you have some skills that you could uh, that could be put to use in the industry, then then go from there. But I think everyone should own a little bit of Bitcoin, especially now with the printer money, with the printer, the money printers, you know, going burr. Yeah. Burr. I think having some Bitcoin. <laughs> oh yeah. Is, is, the, the, the way to go. And this is coming from a GPU miner. I think Bitcoin is going to be the best uh, best uh, blockchain from a monetary policy perspective, for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, uh, thanks for coming online. And uh, yeah, thank how, you. how can uh, our followers uh, contact you? Sure. Where, where so can they my, find you online? 
Yeah, my website is uh, bitcap.co.co. Um, and then uh, on uh, Twitter, I'm uh, Cointersect. Um, that was my old company. I just kind of kept that handle. Um, and sure. I'm also that, uh, that C-O-I-N-T-E-R-S-E-C-T. And then I'm also on Telegram uh, with that moniker as well. So that's the best way to reach me. Okay. That's awesome. Great. Uh, Jimmy, thanks for coming. And, yeah, uh, Jimmy, uh, I, I we'll really you enjoyed you know, talking with you. Thanks a lot. Have a good one, guys.